This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Sort of break it, break it down like this. Listening to a two-headed nerd called Joe and Matt. That's pretty good. Thank you. Yep. All right. Welcome to episode 38 of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, October 12th. You keep starting when I'm not ready. That's how I do it. My name is Matt Bond. When I'm not trying to explain how cloud computing works to my caveman co-host DJ, I'm <laughs> writing about and appraising comics for WordPoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online, and when I'm not clinking my iPhone 4 against Matt's iPhone 4S to make them fight, mine's winning by the way. I'm the manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. This week, THN reviews Shade, number one from DC, and Orchid, number one from Dark Horse. After that, we'll lean forward on the edge of our two-man silver surfboard and review ten comics and speeds only meant for heralds of the great eater of worlds. Also, we'll pierce the veil the near future as we consult the bones to talk about next week's comics. And then we'll answer one lucky listener's question in our Ask a Nerd segment. But... Before we get to all that organized protest chanting, let's walk out of the closet behind Zachary Kinto and congratulate Spock on his new gayitude. It's a and brand new gay. Then we'll talk, <laughs> then we'll so talk about this week's big news. I thought you were going to go for the Pointer Sisters. I got a new gayitude. <laughs> Can we be professional for a second? It was lunchtime. Go. The New York Comic Con has been in full swing this weekend and, as promised... We have been glued to the news sites for up-to-the-minute announcements since we couldn't be there. Because you guys won't give us enough money to go there. We blame you. I, I blame you. I, I blame every one of you. I don't you. blame you. Tell them about the news, Joe. <laughs> the first big news to come from the con was Dark Horse's announcement that Brian Wood and Becky Cloonan will be launching a new Conan the Barbarian ongoing series. I Even as I, I read it, I can't believe it. now. <laughs> well, it will be picking up. After Conan the King ends. Okay. Uh, so that'll be in February. Uh, CBR reports that Wood and Clunan will adapt Conan creator Robert E. Howard's Queen of the Black Coast story, adding significant layers and details to Conan's life on the high seas with Belit. Belit? Okay, and after much fact-checking, she is, in fact, the pirate queen. <laughs> now, I could care less about Conan. I know that's, you know, I have to hand in my nerd badge, but I am a huge fan of Brian Wood and Becky Cloonan. What do you think about this? I'm a huge Conan fan, and I've even enjoyed a lot of the Tim Truman's, the Kurt Busiek Conan stuff that he did with Dark Horse was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it's good. I just, I, I can't get fan. into it. I, and I even like the Truman books. The current Road to Kings book is pretty fun, too. This should be totally awesome. I love Brian Wood. I love Man. Becky Cloonan. Can't Man. wait for this. I'm very excited. Image Comics announced that Rob Liefeld's Extreme Studios will be making Extreme. a comeback. You can't say it any other way. In the coming months, a welcome bit of news for all you flannel-wearing Pog fans out there. Liefeld staples like Glory and Bloodstrike will be making their return. It's just fun to say that out loud. Yeah. But the relaunch also brings with it an impressive array of indie talent, which this is the part that blew my mind. King City's Brandon Graham will be reimagining Profit with artist Simon Roy. Eric Larson will bring us back Supreme, beginning the long-lost final scripts from Alan Moore's final beloved run on the title. And Youngblood will return, thank God, with scripts by John McLaughlin, writer of The Black Swan, the movie, with the Academy Award-winning actress Natalie Portman. How the f*** does this happen? <laughs> I don't know, but like... What the hell? To hear Liefeld tell it uh, in interviews, basically, like, this guy contacted him and was like, dude, 
I got this <laughs> wicked young blood story I'm just dying to tell. This writer of the Black Swan wants to write young blood. Let's okay. sink let that sink in for a second. I follow I, I follow the field on Twitter and I feel like had he gotten that phone call, he would have been tweeting it so <laughs> hardcore. I'm kinda glad Extreme is coming back. <laughs> Come on. Listen, listen. You know, come on. And I'm not just jumping on the anti-Leafield bandwagon. I've been making fun of him for 15 damn but years. But people genuinely speak of Alan Moore's run on Supreme with no, no, no. reverence. And I read it. It was really good. And, I, I really liked it. Uh, this King City, uh, this Brandon Graham take on profit, like the preview art is really different. It's not like the bulked out headband wearing hair metal weirdo from the 90s it's well he had sort of like a weird pharaoh hair <laughs> it was like <laughs> he a helmet did. it was really weird <laughs> I, I mean no and there's no reason why these books can't be good i get it i mean it's basically just a brand new character i mean and they're also not all by liefeld it's other people taking right these it's books. just his ideas being fleshed out by other people and they could be perfectly good you know i just think it's kind of funny like what are they trading on here what are they going for why not I don't just know. introduce some new books with new characters is, is there really a cry out there for people that just miss Extreme Studios so much? Well, no. and the hook the hook is is that there's no uh, quote unquote renumbering stunt, so these books are picking up as though they had never ended. So when young blood fresh start, when young blood comes be... back, it's coming back as young blood number seventy one, <laughs> and profit is going to return as the. Well, no, it's a totally different character, but they're not doing like new necessarily not doing uh, new number okay. ones or whatever. Okay. Uh, I would be lying if I didn't say I was really curious about Youngblood. I would be lying if I didn't say I barely care. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Finally, the big two were at New York Comic Con in full force. And though DC is continuing to let the new 52 relaunch be their biggest headline, they didn't let Marvel completely dominate the show floor this time out. To wrap up this week's big news, let's hit our favorite announcements Rapid fire style. Rapid fire. I'm just going to read them off. You're going to give me your first thought. Knee jerk reactions. Uh, Jeff Johns announces Curse of Shazam backup feature with art by Gary Frank beginning in Justice League number five. Awesome. But why a backup feature? Why not a Curse of Shazam book? Uh, testing the waters, probably. I get it. Shazam but... never holds his own book. I'll do the next one. DC confirms summer fall 2012 release dates for Superman Earth One Volume Two and Batman Earth One Volume One. Finally? These are the graphic novel editions. Yes. The big thick ones. I guess it's about time. Yeah. They announced these like four years ago. And I liked the JMS one. I mean, it was fine, but I didn't really care. And I don't know that I really need more. And I mean, I don't know if they're going to catch lightning in a bottle again here. Well, the reason I'm I'm really looking forward to the Batman one, because it was going to be Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. And Gary Frank appears to be not working on anything else. Yeah. And so, I love me some Gary Frank. But now it's like, okay, another full year away. Ah. Next. Uh, Marvel has announced a new Scarlet Spider ongoing series. Thank God. Uh, starring a mystery protagonist uh, starting in January by Chris Yost and Ryan Stegman. He better have a sleeveless hooded sweatshirt on or I am No out. way. I'm the, out. The teaser image shows like the hoodie laying on the ground on fire. See, that is just <laughs> BS. Uh, the good news here is Chris Yost. He's a very talented writer. And yeah, yeah. It, it could be a lot of fun. The premise sounds pretty fun. It, it uh, It's basically like at the end of the setup for the series... This character, whoever he is, it, or her. Wasn't it Ben Riley Originally. Okay. But Ben Riley is dead. He is dead. Or is he? Oh, big deal. So this Isn't character is on like, the run. Ben Riley's died like eight times. One time. Ben Riley <laughs> died one time. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so he's on the run from something, and so he decides to hide out in Texas. 
And so he kind of runs across Texas's superhuman community. I think it's pronounced Tejas. Tejas. Yes. Like uh, Armadillo? Is he there? Armadillo. <laughs> Pardon yes. me. Armadillo? Is he there? But yeah, I think it might be kind of fun. Who? Shooting star, right? Texas Twister. Texas Twister? Oh, man. We got a Texas hero avalanche going uh, here. This is great. One more. Name one more. One more. Uh, the Phantom Rider? Yeah. 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 I lost it. Marvel also announced a new ongoing series, Avengers Assemble. By Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley, beginning in March, because there aren't enough Avengers titles yet, this new title stars the movie cast, but it's set in normal Marvel 616 continuity. And if you know what I mean by that, you're a nerd. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a nerd. So this is another Avengers book starring the movie cast in regular continuity? How is that even going to work? I yeah, I, how is it? How, how are they gonna? It sounds so forced. The announcement of Bendis and Bagley on a on a new book would get me really excited, but this is like a cash in. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, I need to be convinced. Yeah, because right now I am not excited for this. I don't need another ongoing. And as much as Avengers I like book, as much as I like Bendis writing the Avengers, I will say both Avengers and New Avengers kind of watered down right now. Yeah, exactly. At this point, where the books are kind of lagging. I need him to make those better rather yeah. than write a third book. Instead of faking the funk. Yeah. Rick Remender and Gabriel Hardman, formerly of The Hulk. I think it's Hardman. Okay. Are set to take over Secret Avengers <laughs> after Warren Ellis' run ends next year. Exciting. Yes, but again, we were just talking about this uh, last week. Do we still need a Secret Avengers book? Secret Avengers is a book that I find completely pointless. Yeah, and if we do have a Secret Avengers book, I don't think it can star Cap anymore. I think if Steve Rogers is Cap, he can't be running around with this covert murder squad anymore. <laughs> I think he has to put someone else in charge. Maybe there's a new U.S. agent that leads this, and he does the dirty work that Cap can't. And I would love it if Ooh. it was Bucky. Ooh, this just in! Something I totally forgot. What? This isn't from New York Comic Con, but... But Marvel released a teaser last week, I think. And that was a, a red star. It was a oh, red right, right. star on a black background. Totally US agent. And it said, why can't there be more than one? It's totally US agent. It's got to be Bucky. And it's got to be Bucky as US agent. Oh, man. I love it. That's sorry, if Rick that's Remender. That is. has nothing to do with you. And <laughs> if that's what it is, he needs to be leading the Secret Avengers. Otherwise, it's just ridiculous that Cap is still there. It doesn't yeah. make sense anymore. I agree. Remember the It's Coming teaser we mentioned last week? Well, it's still coming. Still coming. It looks like it may be a Phoenix-related, and Marvel's entire stable of architects look to be... I hate that, by the way. I think I preferred Young Guns. Young Guns? <laughs> what about the be, Young Guns too? Looks to be involved. Marvel made it clear that the upcoming Point One special would be the place to find out more about this tease. So, that that is a the news is more news to come right and actually that's kind of a theme I noticed on Marvel's uh, panels this week is that everything was well really you should check out the point one one shot that's coming out point one is setting up the Scarlet Spider series yeah it's setting up this kind of Age of Apocalypse spinoff thing that's coming out by David Lapham I just think it's weird they're doing it in a point one issue because the point one initiative didn't work very well for them on well a sales but point this either. is exactly what it's supposed to be for yeah, except it is no, a, that's true and you like could it's argue, like a 96 page you could argue a lot of them just weren't very well executed oh also in point one the return of Nova oh good about damn time yes and finally because nobody demanded it. Uh, Jeff Loeb and Simone Bianchi will be resurrecting Sabre Tooth. I think it's just Simone. It's Simone Bianchi. Simone? Yes. No, He's no. Italian. Simone Bianchi will be resurrecting <laughs> Sabre Tooth in either the pages of Wolverine or in a new Sabretooth book 
co-starring Wolverine. That part wasn't exactly clear. Yeah. Uh, the story will be a direct sequel to their Wolverine Evolution story arc from 2003. You remember Wolverine Evolution, don't you? Yeah, he was the last of the dogmen. The story that revealed that Wolvie was descended from a mythical race of mystical cat-dog-werewolf creatures. Which there was a lot of that going on at the I time. Angel came from a, a race of winged people, and Nightcrawler came from a bunch of devils. It was so dumb! So dumb! This is, like, the dumbest idea yeah. ever. Now, I love Sabretooth, and I'm more than willing to have him back. Because I really like him as a foil to Wolverine, and or even like working as like an anti-hero when he's forced to do good things. I like Sabretooth; he's interesting. I don't want to see any more of this Romulus BS. Oh god! I don't want to see any more of the dog race of dog people because that's stupid. Yes, and I would argue if that's the truth, then he's not even a mutant. He's a completely different species. Right? He's not a mutant. Get out of the X Men. This just seems like a huge misstep. Why would we call back to this? Yeah. Plot. It, it was like universally reviled. That said, I love Simone Bianchi, and I say Simone because it's like Ferris Bueller's girlfriend, Simone. I love his art. It's fantastic. And I would love to see him do more of anything. I don't want to see him what's do gonna more of this What's going to happen next year when... This was crap. What's going to happen next year when Jeff Loeb graduates and goes to college, and then the year after Simone graduates and goes to a different college? Yeah, it's going to be weird. Poor Cameron can be left all by himself at home with his parents. By the way, her name was Sloane, not Simone. We're idiots. That's this week's big news. If you want to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, hit us up on our Facebook page, where DJ and I are actively lobbying for There Will Be Blood writer and director P.T. Anderson to write his vision of Rob Field's troll. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, I thought P.T. Anderson was the guy that directed Aliens vs. Predator. No, that's, Wait a minute, no, that's what? Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> isn't, he, isn't he the guy that directed the Fantastic Mr. Fox? No, that's Wes Anderson. <laughs> Isn't he the guy with the broken nose from the big year? No, that's Luke Wilson. Isn't that Owen Wilson? <laughs> no, that's his brother. Now it's time to get down to the dirty business of gutting and cleaning two comics that came out this week. As always, Joe and I had a fillet knife throwing contest, and Joe took the apple right off my head first. Joe, what did you read this week, buddy? There was no choice. My review is of The Shade, number one, by James Robinson and Cully Hamner. Now I know what you're thinking, Joe Patrick. A, you love everything. It's true. And B... You cannot be unbiased when it comes to Starman stuff. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking you totally want to tongue kiss James Robinson. I do, but that's a separate point. No, this book was really good. This was, um, by the way, I was either all in on this one or all out on James uh, Robinson. I think if, if we, we look back at the tape, back to last week, you were going to have your tattoos removed. <laughs> yes, I was going to cut my nipples off. <laughs> this is James Robinson returning to the world of Starman that he created back in 1994. Which exists in the new DCU, I guess. Apparently so. And it is like James Robinson has slipped into a comfy pair of shoes. Whatever was making him so uncomfortable on those other books that were yeah, not great. The ones that he could not write. <laughs> I'm not as down on on his more recent work as other people, but this is like a completely different James Robinson. This this... is the James Robinson that I put at the top of my favorites list. Extremely reminiscent of the old star, man. And everybody's here. Mikhail is here. There's Edia Shade is here. Uh, Hope O'Dare is in it. Hope O'Dare is here. Noticeably, no star, man. Jack Knight's story is over. I mean, I get it, but he could still say hi. Nope. He could have lunch with the Shade. No. (laughs) They don't even mention him. (laughs) They don't mention Starman at all, really. No. Uh, 
Other than to reference that Mikhail is the yeah. new Starman. But, and he hangs out with Kongorilla. That stays. But this was just such a pleasant surprise. Now, I my hopes were very, very high, and this totally met my expectations. Yeah, this was great. Cully Hamner, man. Beautiful. That guy needs more work. He yeah. is so good. This, this is on like is a whole new level. Fantastic art. Really good. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of it. James Robinson does a great job setting up the story. It opens with the shade in this kind of melancholy mood because October is the anniversary of the month he of was created. Uh, the terrible, terrible thing uh, that nobody knows about. Nobody knows what really happened to create the shade except the shade. Right. And at the end of this series, we will all find out. Do you feel like he's been de-aged a little bit? I feel like he's younger than I remember him. Well, he's immortal. I mean, I know that, but I feel like he looks visibly younger than I remember him. I think it's just an art thing. It could be an artist's choice. I, don't I know. mean, he acts old. Yeah, I suppose. That's so. still there. You know, he makes his comments about not is, wanting to ruin his best bone china. <laughs> his old personality is very much intact. Uh, so it opens with that kind of lazy day, sipping tea on the balcony. Uh, but it's intercut with this action of this guy being chased by a group of assassins. And they William reveal... William Von Hammer. William Von Hammer. <laughs> and I'm calling it now. He is like the grandson of Enemy Ace or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, guaranteed. The Enemy Ace is like Hans Von Hammer or something. something like that. And Enemy Ace was a German pilot who flew in World War One. Right. Not and a Nazi. Not a Nazi. No, this World is World War One. He's a good German. <laughs> <laughs> I'm German. I can say that sort of thing. And uh, so it's kind of setting up the larger plot. There is action being taken against the shade he's in danger and william von hammer is setting off to opal to find him cut to opal and deathstroke has shown up uh, and it's not a social call no it's not a social call and let's not ruin what happened yeah but, but this is like this is like the fantastic last page yes and <laughs> like, this is this is the like weird over-designed new deathstroke right but he still looks pretty good i don't mind the over-design on deathstroke i picture him carrying all kinds of gadgets sure and stuff sure like that, having armor this was really well executed. I've always said one of the most important things about a comic book is a drop-dead last page. Oh, a last man. page that makes you put it down, immediately call your friend to see if he read it. You Especially know? if you, like, when you take into account that this is the very first issue. Right. And there's 11 to go. <laughs> the, and this fantastic last page. Uh, I got to give this one a huge buy. Absolutely. I'm super excited. This is what James Robinson does best. They need to let him do this. And stop trying to get him to write team books. Agreed. Agreed. And like this book had my single favorite little dialogue exchange that I've read in weeks. Uh, the Shade susses out that Deathstroke's here to fight him. And he says, ah, you seek my death. Well, good luck with that. And he starts <laughs> conjuring shadows and then it's on. Yeah. And that was just so tough. I loved it. This book is a strong, strong bite. And I'm so glad. Matt, what about you? What did you pick this week? This week, I picked Orchid, number one, from Dark Horse Comics. This one is written by... I believe it's pronounced Orchid. I think it is Orchid. I think you're right. Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine fame. Well, most recently, he's uh, gone solo as the Night Watchman, and he's playing this kind of like folk rock. He was the guitar player, I should mention, Rage Against the Machine. Very intelligent, well-spoken guy. I love hearing him. Whenever he pops up, he was recently on uh, Bill Maher's HBO show hmm. on the panel of Real Time. He, he's just a really intelligent guy, and he's had a lot to say about the Occupy Wall Street protest as of recently. And here he is writing a comic book with art by Scott Hepburn, who's done a lot of work for uh, Dark Horse's Star Wars stuff. And he's a solid artist. Orchid is a story that takes place in the near future where global warming caused the seas to rise, which... 
For one reason or another, smash genetic codes of different animals together, creating a wilderness full of savage beasts. It's science. The rich live on the high ground in city fortresses, and the poor scrape out a living in the marshes below, or as slaves to their rich overlords. What? One such slave is the character Orchid, who is a prostitute living in a sort of marsh camp. She has the word property tattooed across her chest. She has know your role burned into her forearm. And we see a younger prostitute who's kind of upset about the way she lives. And Orchid slaps her around and says, you've got to get used to it, new girl, because this is what life is like and so on and so forth. At the same time, there are these four rebels that are trying to chase down this mask that was worn by a leader in the past. We see this open up in like a little prologue thing. And he was a saint and the mask supposedly gave him special powers. And he was killed by this big, bad, rich guy who lives in the fortress city above. And they go and they liberate the mask from him and they're running away with it. Only one of them gets away and he ends up at Orchid's mom's place, basically, with her and her little brother. And they kind of live in squalor and what sort of looks like a crashed airplane, maybe. But he shows up. They help him out out of the kindness of their heart. Orchid comes home. And she's like, no, he's an outsider. We can't trust him, so on and so forth. She's very much accepted her role. And this guy is going to challenge that, obviously, and show her that this isn't how we're supposed to live. But before he can do any of that, they get recaptured by the slave owners and taken back to Penns. And Orchid sees her mother murdered before her by Bag. merciless rich guys. There's, like, some very Tom Morello themes going on here. There's... You have the empowered, evil rich and the downtrodden, educated poor trying to help the uninformed poor and show them we don't have to live like this. There's a lot of interesting themes going on here, and I wanted to be more excited about it. I should say the art by Scott Hepburn is good. I like what he does. He's doing well here. I mean, it's it's a good read. It was chunky. It took me a while to get through, but for some reason at the end of it, I just didn't love it i like a good dystopic future story i always have this one it's just a little heavy-handed now that said <clears throat> this is tom Rello's first comic book as far as i know that he's ever written sure looking at it from that point of view he did a great job the dialogue yeah. is decent there's nothing really cheesy going on the story makes good sense and i don't know if he had some some healthy guidance or he's just naturally pretty good at this this is a series that if it goes on for a while, could get a lot better. Right now, I can only give it a skim. Well, I mean, it is also only a dollar. And that's the other side I was going to so, say. I don't know how anyone could pass on it because it's a dollar. And I, it's like, it's 32 pages of story for a dollar. I mean, I got to give huge props to Dark Horse for that. This is, in my opinion, how all new series should be introduced. You want people yeah. to start reading it? Make it a dollar. And Absolutely. then from there, go on from there. Vertigo, Vertigo does it. I think Image did it for a while. I, I, it's just a good idea. Just, yeah. You, like, you wet their beaks. Say, here, try it Absolutely. out. If you're not sure about it, try it out. And you know what? Based on that, I'm going back. I'm giving this a buy it. And see, I'm, I'm giving, giving it, this a buy it. I'm giving it a skim it. Okay. <laughs> because I didn't like it as much as you did. Um, I did think that the art was fine, but I thought that the characters were just painted a little too broadly. They uh, like, were they're a very like handed stereotypical cookie cutter from any other type of story like this where you've got the sassy prostitute who's lost hope in life you've got the mysterious stranger who's talking with a bunch of five dollar words because he's like smart and he's the gonna educated help these poor liberal people. you know yeah and, and this is like 
they're very like broad strokes yeah and And that's if that's my one problem i would say there was nothing that stuck out that kind of surprised me and grabbed me and went oh that's an interesting twist and that was i think what it was for me is that there was no there was no hook the idea of it is great i i liked the art it's just kind of predictable it was a little paint by numbers to me right so for that i'm giving it a skim it but that said it's a dollar skim it like check it out i'm seeing it's a dollar I think this one could get better. Tom Morello, like I said, brand new at this and did a bang up job. On this one. So that is a double buy it for the shade number one and a buy it from Matt and a skim it from me on the orchid number one. As always, we want to know your opinions of the comics we reviewed. So hit us up on our Facebook page and let us know how uninformed and pompous our opinions really are. Don't do that. I don't want to. Now it's time for DJ and I to carry out the terrible burden bestowed upon us by cosmic forces beyond simple human understanding. Oh, no. So let's set off on our cosmic quest with the grace of a two-headed silver surfer streaking through space, reviewing ten comics at the speed of light in this week's ludicrous speed round. Ludicrous speed, go! Go, Patrick. Popat, number two. Uh, you know, this... What company put this out? I have no idea. Okay, I completely forgot that Popass number one ever came out. Uh, I don't know if this tied into Popass number one at all, but it was a fun little slice of life story with really great art. I'm giving it a skin it because it was $7. But it was really good. Suicide Squad number two. I felt nothing. Uh, I was hoping this book would improve a little bit. It feels like Secret Six light to me. I barely care. I'm going to read one more issue. Skim it. Legion of Monsters, number one. This is the Marvel joint, I believe. Pleasant surprise. Really? Yes, it was really good. Uh, Juan Doe did the art, and he's like a really Is fun. that a real person? Uh, no, but... It is Juan Doe. No, but the art is gorgeous, and the story was fun. Uh, yeah, Dennis Hopeless and Juan Doe. Those are the <laughs> two most made-up names in comics. Uh, buy it. Mr. Terrific, number two. I felt nothing. Everything. Oh, I tell you, I felt something. <laughs> I felt enraged. That I thought I wasn't enraged, Benny. But everything I thought was maybe kind of interesting from issue one just seemed kind of boring here. The, all the science talk got too long and kind of lame. The art is not good. Leave my deceased wife out of this. Everybody looks like they're standing like completely pigeon-breasted, getting ready to fly away, no matter what they're doing. Pigeon-breasted? Yeah, like picking the pigeon. Yeah, I, like I said, I felt nothing. I think I'm done with this one. <laughs> Mr. Trivic 2, leave it. X-Men, Regenesis, one shot. Uh, By the way, Regenesis, not a word. No. It's, yeah, Apple said it was it not. Executioner. <laughs> that's not here nor there. This, uh, it was better than X-Men Schism number five. Uh, I disagree, man. I, I just, I thought the tribal thing was stupid. It was really dumb and just did not work. I didn't hate it. Um, and the art was bad. The Billy Pan art here was bad. I agree. Uh, I'm giving it a skim it just because I think it was completely unnecessary. I pigs, did. number two. Leave it. Uh, pigs is fantastic. It's an image series. It's about Cuban-Russian sleeper cell that was dropped in the United States back in the 60s, and their kids were programmed to carry out like what they're supposed to do if the old spies got old and died. This book is fantastic. I can't wait for it to be made into a TV show. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Batgirl, number two. <laughs> I hate to say it, but this book has got problems. Really? See, I liked number two. Gail Simone spends the entire issue making Barbara seem like such a delicate flower 
that it's completely implausible that she would that. become a superhero. I got that she was still kind of new. I didn't get that she was like totally failing. She can't take a hit. Not uh, from this giant superpowered guy, no. I mean, yeah, come on. No, what, do you want it? You want to see her bulletproof? What? I'm giving it. I'm giving it more time, but I wasn't super impressed. And they're dragging out the mystery of the healing. I'm giving it a skim. It. I'm still giving it to buy it. I dig it. Uncanny X Force 16. Sooner or later, Nightcrawler has to come back to the Marvel Universe, and they keep hinting that it's going to happen. Matt, the storyline is not over. And I keep picking it as one of my speculator books for Worth Point because I think Nightcrawler is going to show up, and then he doesn't. I feel like a moron that said, This storyline is awesome, and Jerome Opinion's art is amazing. Buy it. Yeah. Superboy, number two. Uh, I was really expecting this to be a train wreck based on the performance of Red Hood and uh, Teen Titans, but. Superboy number two was even better than Superboy number one. Have it ready yet. I really enjoyed it. Buy it. Unexpected one shot. This was a Vertigo anthology book. Eight dollars is a stiff price. Very to pay. similar to the Strange Adventures in one one shot from the Introduces the new Voodoo Child series, nah. which I just happened to be the one short story I didn't care so much for. I mean, like was, any anthology, it was hit or miss, but the okay. hits were really good. Yeah, man. The Dave Gibbons one in the beginning was great. The dog storyline was a lot of fun. It was sort of like a dog that apocalypse. Was it was great. But uh, I'm giving it a buy it. I like anthology books. I like Vertigo. I like it too. Crunch! That is your ludicrous speed round. And crunch is the sound it makes when King Shark bites a cyborg zombie's arm off. And now you know. Now let's peer into the near future of next Wednesday and tell these nerds what they should be reading. Matt, what's your pick for next week? It has to be Fear Itself number seven by Matt Fraction and Stuart Immerman. There is a bunch of there's a lot of haters out there for this book, and I don't get it because Fear Itself has been fun. The art has been super solid. I think it's been inconsistent. I disagree, man. I've really liked it. I love what Fraction set up here. There's going to be a big surprise. I'm calling my shot. Thor is not going to make it through this one. Uh, yeah, but they just brought him back. I He's like. not going to make it through. Yeah, I agree. What are you reading next week, Joe? My pick was going to be Fear Itself number seven until I saw that Star Trek Legion of Superheroes number one oh boy. by Chris Roberson and Jeffrey Moy was coming out from oh IDW. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, Which Legion is this? Is this the new Legion? Is this the old Legion? I don't know. This is wacky, I don't even care. (laughs) I don't even care. Is it Kirk? Is it Picard? Who knows? Yeah. Is it Chris Pine? I don't know. It's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, I'm very excited. I think this could be just really stupid fun. Let's call it morbid curiosity. Yeah, okay. Now it's time, once again, for the heroic return of Askener, where Joe and I put on our Ann Landers costume and solve one lucky listener's comic-related dilemma. This week, Code Caesar writes via email, I'm super excited by the DC relaunch, but I'm a little worried about all the creator changes being announced. I'm just curious as to what you guys think. Is DC Comics in trouble? Are they already thinking about going back to the old DCU? Joe? No. First, let's, uh, let's talk creator announcements. DC has announced that they have changes coming to Static Shock, Superman, and most what I'm most excited about, Green Arrow, because I can't stand J.T. Crowell's Green Arrow, <laughs> and Anne Nascenti, who wrote some of my favorite Daredevil comics back Creator in the day. Creator of Typhoid Mary. Who I don't think has written anything for many, many years. <laughs> Nothing that I've read. Yeah, like maybe the late 80s? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think there was... She had kind of a comeback series in recent years, like a mini, but I don't, I don't remember. Recall. I thought maybe she died. <laughs> anyway, Stop it. 
We know that uh, what's it? John Rosam is off of Static Shock. Yes, John Rosam is off Static Shock. And who's taking it over? Mark Bernardin. Okay. Uh, Bernardine, maybe? Maybe. All right. Yeah. And um, Giffen and Dan Jurgens are taking over Superman with issue seven. Right. And they're going to be filling in on Green Arrow as well, right? Until they're filling Anacenti in on Green over. Arrow for a, a few months, and then Anna Senti will pop on the book. I will admit this does look like a mess. This does look bad. <clears throat> now, that said, it could be a good thing because there are, like we, we had said this before, they could be immediately reacting to what they perceive as bad reviews or maybe bad order numbers from issue one to issue two. I don't know. But it does not look great. It looks kind of scary. Now, well, I like the Anacenti news. I don't so much know who Mark Bernadine or Bernadine even is. And I didn't know that I was planning on reading Static Shock. Anyway, I think the really important thing to remember here is there's still more good stuff going on than terrible stuff. Right. And I... I don't think it's a bad sign or whatever. I mean, they had to know going in whether or not these people would be able to write past the first couple issues of the book. Right. And so I think they're just reacting quickly to fix what might not be working. And if you believe... Which is a good sign. Right. And don't believe everything you read on the internet. Yes, there's tons of naysayers out there still for the relaunch, and they're all going, Oh, it already failed. See? Ha ha. That is not necessarily the truth. And, and there was an actual, actually a very candid comment from DC from the con where basically they said, you know, sometimes you know, a writer has a story to tell. This was in reference to George Perez leaving Superman. Sometimes a writer it's Jorge. has a story to tell. Sometimes they have enough gas in the tank. Sometimes they don't. It happens. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to miss them when they go. I'll tell you the truth. I need Superman to get a hell of a lot better. And they're going to have to get somebody more exciting than Keith Giffen and Dan Jurgens to... Get me excited. Yeah, I mean, I don't entire. I don't know how it's a bad sign if two of the worst reviewed books of the New 52 are getting new creative teams. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's essentially bad either. Just look at this as any other. I mean, if this were at Marvel and there was a series that wasn't working and they replaced him with a new creative team, it wouldn't even be that big of news. We might mention it, but this is not that big of a deal. Right. Yet. Let's and not push the past. As to your other question about uh, reverting to the old DCU. No. DC can maintains that this is it for good or for ill. They have called their shot. Yeah. They've rolled the dice and we're stuck back. with it. Thanks for the question, Caesar. If you have any questions for the two headed nerd or trivia questions to stump our resident comic rain man, dainty Joe, just click on the ask a nerd link at two headed nerd.com and ask away. Sort of break it break it down like this. That is it for the two-headed nerd this week. If you're even half as excited for the return of Rob Liefeld's Bad Rock and Company, written by Darren Arnofsky as we are, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes, where your star ratings and reviews are the only things that could distract us from tonight's premiere of The Walking Dead season two on AMC at nine Eastern, eight Central. No, we don't want for AMC. We're just excited. If you want to help two starving nerds out, you can click our donate button at twoheadednerd.com and know that your donation in any amounts. Keep us in shotgun shells and rifle casings in preparation for the coming zombie apocalypse. As always, you can find all things Two-Headed and Nerdy at TwoHeadedNerd.com where you can find our Twitter handles, a link to our Facebook page, links to Ask a Nerd where you can ask us any of your comic-related questions, or you can contact the comic pushers to ask what you should be reading. Speaking of which, the comic pushers will be back next week. Uh, also, don't forget to send us your submissions for the THN Mascot Contest. Oh, we got a preview of one that's coming right here. I am here. really, really excited. And it looks gnarly. The winner will be voted on you guys and the new mascot will be featured on the new and improved 
twoheadednerd.com, I swear, coming soon. It's going to happen. If that's not enough, head over to our Facebook page. We can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. This week's query. In honor of this week's big announcement, which member of Youngblood would make the best primo ballerino and why? I'm sticking with bad one. Shaft. Shaft. Didn't he get fat? Isn't that what happened in the last... I don't remember. Yeah, the Youngblood relaunch was about Shaft getting fat. Oh, man. Yeah. Defend your choices. Don't just say name a third member of Youngblood, please. <laughs> die hard. Die hard. Don't just say die hard and then bounce. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Zach Perkins, brand new listener, who had the nicest thing to say on our Facebook page this week. Usually you guys just make fun of us and call us fat and short and stuff, and you know. Got me right there. I'll tell you what, he was a sweet guy. Pointing at my heart. Hey, what do you, Zach? Until next time, true believers, this is the Two Headed Nerd. Sign off. You kind of went Italian there for a minute. Hey, hello. What do you? Hey, what do you, buddy? Hey, hey. See you next time.